Hi, and welcome back to Something About, a podcast about a TV show where a trio is making a true crime podcast. Yes, I did slightly change the name. I shortened it. I liked it better. Feels less pigeonholy, and again, it's shorter, easier to remember. And today we are on episode four, The Sting of Only Murders in the Building. It opens up with Cinna Canding, Tina Fey, and she is narrating. And as she is narrating, we see Charles mulling over the bulletin board filled with all the suspects. Um, Evelyn, if you remember her, Howard's poor, sweet, pretty kitty that sadly passed away, has X's over her eyes. Um, Charles pulls this, like, Valentine's Day card out, and it's from Lucy. And we still don't know who Lucy is. But then, like, it pans back, and we see Bugs Bunny and Porky the Pig, and, like, why we're there. And he hears the crunch of a carrot, and he looks at him, and he's like, I don't need to hear it right now. We don't know why they're there yet. Uh, We hear Cinda saying, like, who doesn't love a second chance? Another shot to right a painful mistake that haunted you or at healing the wounds you may have inflicted. And while that is being said, we see Oliver's son Will come over and help with Winnie. And we see Mabel trying to figure out who GM is as she's staring at the note and just contemplating, like, what the fuck does this mean? Her phone vibrates. Um, It's Oscar letting both Charles and Mabel know the killer has come for his family. Um, It's a bit aggressive, but like I get it. Who doesn't love their little fur babies? I think I would be equally as dramatic as Oliver was. I mean, I was with my poor sweet baby Ray. Um, That's another story for another day. And then we hear Cinda keep going, but With a second chance always comes a risk. And you might make that same mistake again. Or you might make a worse one. And again, I have taken multiple pages of notes for this episode. I have rewatched the episode like three times. So I guarantee you, it's going to be longer than the show itself. Um, And if you don't want to listen to the whole thing, just like put it on one and a half speed. I know you can do that on Apple Podcast. I'm not sure about Spotify. I don't really listen to Spotify, but I'm sure there is. Well, they're all headed to Oliver's, and um, he lets them know that he was, his dog, poor little Winnie, was poisoned, but um, she is with with his son, Will, who is a vet, and he he shows him the note. He's very much... um, not in disarray. He is very amped up and he blames himself because um, his ambitions caused this because he had to be a goddamn visionary. He's just, he's so ambitious um, and sees kind of offended, but he doesn't have a dog that got poisoned. So like, what would he know? And like, they... Oliver assumes whoever poisoned Winnie probably killed him. And Oscar thinks it was the musical superstar Sing because at the end of the last episode, 
he ran into him in the elevator and he was very put off by Winnie and he was just he was very rude so it just makes sense that it was Sting and Mabel is like Sting the guy from you too which sends Charles and Oliver into like a rage and they're just listing off his acts accolades he was in the police you know the song Roxanne every breath you take and Mabel was 100% joking she knows who he is and every breath you take is not a love song it's a song about a stalker who puts like the person that they're obsessed with under surveillance and like as she's saying it she realizes like yeah that seems like real killer vibes there and like who doesn't love a celebrity killer so um at that time charles is googling sting and he sees that he lost millions of dollars from an investment firm and i'm guarantee i'm gonna say this got the fake last name wrong right and ology i don't know but that was tim's old firm and tim got fired from his firm if you remember so was Sting Tim's big client? Did Tim lose all of Sting's money? Which makes him think, did Sting kill Tim? And Oliver's like, oh my god, this is exactly like Die Hard. But like, is it? And if it is like Die Hard, would Oliver think he's Bruce Willis's John McClane character? I mean, I could see him rocking the wife beater, but I don't see him, like, crawling through an air vent on Christmas. But you never know. Um, it would make sense if he was murdered by a pissed-off client. Like, if some, if I had millions of dollars to be lost, I might go on a murderous rage. You never know. And um, Charles is going through the list of complaints from Ursula... And he gets to the night that um, of Tim's murder and Sting was in the building for the murder and stayed during the fire alarm. And Oliver's like, what you're finding out about this now? Like, why didn't you figure this out earlier? What? Um, it makes him think they might actually have something. There might there seems to be some ground in like what they're thinking about so the headline is rock icon is a dog poisoning murderer which makes Oliver go like oh my god he's like OJ but like a hot Buddhist OJ and I completely forgot Sting was like a Buddhist and also into like that weird tantric sex like, I forgot that left my mind. I don't know how I learned about that anyway. Probably a Google search or I heard about it on a radio. Sh I don't know. But I forgot all, all about that and about Sting. And now they're, um, as they're going over, like, oh, my God, maybe it's Sting. Charles is like, we can't forget about tie guy, tie-dye guy. And Mabel and Oliver are like, bro, forget about tie-dye guy. Like, this seems more reasonable that it's Sting than whomever the fuck tie-dye guy is. And Charles is like, do you know who we need? We need Cinda Canning. 
And Oliver's like, well, I hear she goes to the same cup guy, cupcake guy as me. Like, maybe maybe I could get the hookup. But Charles has a better idea. And um, he goes to his neighbor. I'm going to butcher this guy's name, too. But don't worry, guys. Everyone butchers my name. So, like, I understand. Avnar. And if you remember, this is the neighbor that was smelling the omelets through the vents in the apartment who um, asked about Lucy. And he heard his wife talking to Lucy over FaceTime. And he asked about her and he said, oh, you know, she's doing great. And that, so then Charles asks him, aren't you like parent friends with Cinda? Because they have I'm assuming they have children in like this same New York school system, something like that. And he's like, will you ask her for him? Like, could we get in? We really need to talk to her. You know, this podcast really got his juices flowing. He He's really feeling it. And um, he wanted to know if Lucy was happy. And Avnar said, she seems it. Um, so, Charles did get the meeting with Cinda, but they can't just go, like, running into her office saying, oh my god, we have a podcast idea about this guy Tim Kono from our building, and Sting is the killer. They have to play cool. They have to play calm, coy, collective, if you may. And if they go running in there with that, she's going to think they're lunatics, and I mean, like, two out of the three are lunatics. Mabel just, like, I think holds it together better. Um, Charles runs into Jan on the elevator. Um, along with Mabel and Oliver. And she notices. So we're assuming this is, like, the next day or whatever day it is. Um, she notices that, you know, he's dressed really nice. And hey what's up and I just found out I don't know if it was among my googling ventures or I heard it somewhere else but the actress who plays Jan her character from the office was also named Jan I feel like she's typecasted to play characters named Jan but you know they're on the elevator and she's she's kind of flirting with him he's flirting back it's getting kind of awkward um Charles is not not used to this as we can tell and he reads her shirt and it's got like a bassoon pun on it that says like the only thing sexier than a bassoon is me with a bassoon <laughs> but you know there's flirting and she's equally as weird and you know she gets off the elevator and they follow to to go about their business and Oliver and Mabel are poking fun at him, you know, like, oh, my God, you should ask her out. But Charles won't ask her out because it's just he's Charles. He won't do it. You know, when they're saying 70 is the new 40, you have plenty of time. And he's like, well, if I ask her out and, you know, I don't know. And he just wants Mabel to be less mean. And Mabel is like. Yeah, I know you want me to be less mean, but I feel like she's doing it and we know she's doing it to push him out of his comfort zone because as we've all can tell, Charles is very like 
not uptight, but very um, set in his ways. So they're, you know, headed to her office and they're waiting in her office and they're huge fans. They're just in awe. And um, they're looking at her posters from her various podcasts she's done. And, you know, she enters and she's the reason why they all met. Because, you know, the night of the fire slash or fire alarm slash Tincono's murder, they all met in the restaurant because they were listening to her podcast. And um, we find out she's won Peabody's in 2018 and 2020. Um, she receives a phone call. One of her assistants enters and Oliver and Charles look at her, look at her assistant, look back at the assistant behind her and realize that they all look the same, that they come in a value pack. You know, they have that darkish brown hair, kind of cut the same thick glasses. I mean, same. If I were to wear glasses, they're very much Cinda Canning slash Tina Fey glasses. So, um, same. And the phone call is about her podcast and if she's going to be bought out or acquired for $30 million. So they wait while she takes takes a phone call. You know, she gets off it. She apologizes. And Charles asks, like, so did, did you get it? Were you acquired? And Mabel's like, yes, thank God, did you? And she did. She was bought for $30 million. She will not be stopping her podcast. And so then they jump into business. She's like, why are you here? What's up? Um, I can recommend a class by a former assistant of mine, Sunny. Not going to say the last name because it's a theme. I just won't pronounce it right. And they just jump right in saying there's a, they have a major celebrity case on their hands and they use music lyrics that are very punny. To not say it was Sting, but to say it was Sting. And then finally Mabel is just like, it's Sting. And Oliver's like, he also poisoned my dog. We think he killed our neighbor, Tim. And she's like, we need a hook. We need a good hook to bring listeners in and to just want them to keep going. So she looks at Poppy, her assistant sitting down and says, we need a hook. What's the hook? And Poppy comes up with, we should have suspected when we entered the hornet's nest, we wouldn't escape without a sting. And that's a great fucking hook if you ask me. I'd be listening. That's pretty amazing. And they asked, how should we, like, get in there and um, go and just talk to him, start a conversation without guns a-blazing? Oh, my God, we know you did this. And she's telling them that you need to enter, especially with a celebrity, you need to enter without setting off alarms, very open. And she uses an example during her OK Oklahoma um, podcast, how when she went to enter the mayor's office, she brought a turkey. And like, who doesn't love a big baked turkey? I mean, I might find it a little weird, but... uh, an oven roasted turkey is pretty delicious. 
and that they should just embrace the mess, embrace what comes with it. Because when she was in a sewage tank, gross for two days, she just, she embraced the mess and it won her a Peabody. So obviously it's working for her. Sorry about that. I had to take a brief intermission. Um, I I get very thirsty recording these. I mean, it could also be because I have a fan blowing directly on me. And it's turned on to the heat section because I like to be very warm. So I'm assuming that makes me very parched, which means I drink a lot of fluid and then have to use the facilities um, to be polite. But where were we? Oh, so the meeting with Cinda ends and we're now back in Charles' apartment and he's joined by the Looney Tunes. He's just like sitting on his couch. We don't know why he's joined by them Looney Tunes. And he walks over to the window because he's now hearing the bassoon playing and he's really enjoying that music and he decides to join in with his concertina and it's it's just funny because it's it's not like a rap battle but now they're just playing back and forth and she starts playing if you're happy and you know it then it slowly goes into and I audibly laughed out loud um into Rod Stewart's if you want my body which I've never heard played on a bassoon or a concertina. Um, I'm okay if I never hear it again on either of those two instruments either. And then it shifts to take me out to the ball game. And Charles is playing away. And then um, he notices that she's left. And he's a bit in shock because it was just so abrupt. But then he... He hears a knock on the door, and a note is then slipped under. And on the note, she's asking, would he like to go out to dinner and to meet her in the lobby in an hour? And while he is getting ready, we see Oliver and Mabel coming down to Charles's apartment, and he is telling her why eating dips for dinner is probably like the best choice. It's easy. You have very little to no dishes. It's all containers and you use your fingers. Um, Hearing it explained that way, it is kind of gross. But I can't say I've not had a dip for dinner or dip-like snack food for dinner just because sometimes I'm lazy and I don't feel like cooking anything. So like I got it. But I don't need it to be explained that way. So they enter Charles's apartment and they notice he's dressed all dapper. And he tells Porky and Bugs Bunny there to fuck off. Again, we don't know why. Um, Mabel and Oliver are there to like brainstorm their turkey idea for Sting. And they're like, ooh, you got a date tonight? And they realize, oh shit, he does have a date tonight. It's also with the sexy bassoonist. Ooh. And Charles lets them know, like, he's got this. He is an expert in first dates. 
he likes first dates, but with first dates could possibly come second dates. And he mostly only ever has first dates. He just, he finds dating exhausting. He doesn't a hundred percent know what to do. And like, what do you share? What do you not share? And if it goes great, that's awesome. But if it doesn't go great, awesome. Um, it's just, it's scary on both parts. It's exhausting. So he's never really gotten past that first date. And they're just telling him to have fun, to laugh, to flirt. Oliver is giving him flirting advice and to tell her, like, tell him to like compliment her, how she looks, what she's wearing. All the things that like, I guess if it's done right, it might not be sexist or offensive, but Mabel is um, telling Charles, don't, don't do anything Oliver says, just, you know, go out there, have fun, flirt, but don't flirt like Oliver's telling you to flirt. Um, she's really glad he's putting himself out there and um, it's with the sexy bassoonist. And just to try not to get a nosebleed because that could like really ruin the vibe of the date. So we're now in the restaurant and we hear Jan and she's talking about her childhood and how she had two phases of her childhood. She had a happy family, her mom or dad and her. And then the second half of her childhood, her parents divorced, her dad remarried absent father she um ended up with a half sister which set the tone for her being second to everything her sister stole the flute from her so she picked the bassoon and charles made the do joke uh bet she's not first seat as a flutist because jan is first chair or seat or whatever bassoonist in an orchestra um i'm assuming that's a good thing i never played an instrument as a child so i have no idea what they're talking about but i'm assuming it's a good thing and just she's talked to her therapist about this and her therapist you know has concluded that she's driven by the first wound that was created and she's just she's trying to change the ending and she's just dumping it a lot on to Charles and she can tell by his body language that he's listening but like he's not so she asks him about his parents and past relationships and how did his parents wound him so he just, he jumps right in and he's like, my relationships with my parents is great. Um, my relationships with my exes are great. You know, it ended well, all is good. And she like sees past the bullshit because obviously you have exes for a reason. Not saying it didn't end well, but you're not with them. And she lets him know that like, I shared a story with value and importance, so you need to share a story to me of the same value or greater importance. And 
he's kind of annoyed by it. He's like, oh, I don't want to drop all my baggage. Like, you have a lot of baggage, but it's it's the perfect amount of baggage. It's not too much baggage. And he's really just sticking his foot in his mouth at this point. And the waiter comes by and asks how everything is going. And would they like another drink? And Charles is like, yeah, of course we would. And Jan's like, um, no, I think I'm all set. So, um. Charles fucked that one up. We're now back in Charles's apartment later that night. It's probably around like maybe midnight. It's dark. And Oliver has rung the bell and he needs to finish cooking the turkey because his oven conked out and he's there and he's He's spewing off stuff that he Googled about Sting. You know, he moved up his Rainforest tour. He's leaving in two days. He's renovating his apartment probably for like a fresh start. And Mabel has plans in the afternoon. So they have to do a morning turkey. But it's fine. They'll bring coffee. You know, it won't be weird. And then he's like, oh, wait, you had a date tonight. How did it go? Is she here? Is she she in the next room? Um, he tells her it was all right. Don't let's, let's not do it. Let's, let's do this. We're going to bring this turkey to sting. Who brings a turkey with bad intentions? And he realizes he needs to embrace the mess and he's going to make his new hobby about murders. And it's how he's going to spend the rest of his days up until he dies murders are going to be pouring soup down his throat so we can tell charles is um he's losing it you know i mean it also could be very little sleep because oliver came knocking on the door with a turkey but it is now the morning and we see our trio in an elevator um, I wonder how many elevator sets they have because a lot, what, like half the show, do we think, takes place in an elevator? And they got to make them big because you got to fit like the camera and like the real sound. But elevate. I feel like they just need to make for merch just like elevator doors. Because that'd be really funny and only people who watch the show would know it. But they are in the elevator, uh, turkeys in hand, Oliver's all mic'd up, and they're ready to go see Sting. So they get to his floor, and they knock on his door, and he answers, and they, they let him know. Mabel tells him, you know, they're starting a program, a community builder for the building, and um, they thought about, you know what, we'll bring a turkey to each neighbor, and that, um, this is their first time doing this and sting goes no yams because i guess the yams go really well with the turkey which he's not wrong i like a sweet potato but like you know the same thing and sting asks oliver about his podcast and how it's going and he apologizes to him about winnie he didn't mean to be so snappy um he was just he was having a rough day So they start to casually ask him questions about Tim. And he worked for him. And Sting fired him. 
and like what does this have to do with anything so charles you know goes and sits next to sting and he's like you know we're famous and strangers always feel like they have the right to know to know the real us and we we gotta let him in and he realizes this feels weird he's no never mind i'm gonna stop with that and he goes and joins mabel and oliver again and sting lets him know like he was his investment broker is that what he was but he lost a lot of money of his and he just he snapped and he feels like tim's death was his fault and that he killed him because he screamed at him he said, you fucked me over, you fucked me over, you fired me, you should just go kill yourself. And, you know, Tim killed himself and it's all Sting's fault. He just, he feels bad and he's crying. And as all this is happening, Oscar yells at him that he poisoned his dog. And as this madness goes on, Sting's assistant, Anita, comes out and he's like, Sting, you're not a murderer. You also did not poison this man's dog. And Sting is he's like, wait, you think Tim was murdered? He didn't kill himself? And he feels relieved. He, you know, was renovating his apartment because it just, it didn't feel right. It felt cold. And it was full of regret. And that's why he was gutting the place. And Mabel knows he was murdered. And that he wasn't killed. And it just, it feels wrong. And as all this is happening, Sting then gets an idea for a great song. He grabs his guitar and starts playing it. And Charles takes out his phone to record it. And as he's finished singing it, Oliver's like, nah, probably won't be on a Greatest Hits album. And uh, he's not wrong. Not that I am familiar with Sting's work. I mean, I'm familiar with, you know, the, the hits that are played on the radio, but uh, not much else. The assistant then uh, kicks him out and tells them to move on with his time. So they're headed down in the elevator and they need to regroup and get their thoughts back together. And Charles realizes he, he has to go do something. So he heads to Jan's apartment knocks on her door and as he's waiting for her to answer he looks to the side and he sees bugs and porky she opens it and he just starts spewing about his last relationship it was six years ago and it was under false pretenses he was at a hot springs in iceland with his sister a trip she dragged him on and he hates nature and he hates traveling and I mean, I don't hate nature and I don't, I don't like traveling, but when I get to the destination, I like it. And I only don't like nature because of bugs and you have to wear bug spray, but I do it. And, um, he meets Emma and they start a relationship and Emma has a seven-year-old daughter named Lucy. So we now know who Lucy is and they moved in with him and. He made Lucy an omelet every day and she ate it and it was perfect. And for their anniversary, he, you know, had booked a Caribbean cruise and Jam was like, ooh, sexy. He goes, 
It was a family cruise. And of course, Emma was a bit peeved about it. And on one of the days, on like day three, there was going to be an island tour. And he and Lucy didn't really want to go on it. But Emma said, no, we'll go. We're going to go on it. And Charles stayed behind to relax. And they flew out of St. Croix home and left him there. And he had to spend his anniversary dinner alone. But not quite alone. Porky and Bugs, um, he paid extra to have there. So he spent his anniversary dinner with them. And it's haunted him ever since. And he doesn't really share it because he's embarrassed. And he looks over to the side and Bugs and Porky are gone. He's no longer haunted by him. And he really likes her and he really would like to go out on a second date with her. And she agrees with a stipulation that if anyone's going to be in an animal suit, it's going to be them. Clearly, she's into furries. Just kidding. I don't know. We hear Cinda narrating. And to take the second chances or you're just, you're going to let them by. And we're now in Mabel's apartment and she's laying on her bed thinking. And then she goes to pick up her her bag and one of the Hardy books falls from it and the note falls from it. And so she's curious about this. And I apologize. A book falls from it. And the name of the book is The Shore Road Mystery. A theme. It's a Hardy Boys book. It's got her thinking of Shore Drive, GM. What does that note mean? So she starts Googling various thoughts of GM. A Gus Montrose comes up and he's a jeweler. So she Googles his name with Tim Kona's name and it brings her to a website of Montrose gems. And could he have been wanting to pawn all the jewelry that was in those Hardy Boy books? She doesn't know. We're now back in Oliver's apartment and Charles just comes bursting in. He's in disarray. He's telling him is about his interaction with Jan and that they're going to go on a second date. And Oliver's like, we need to celebrate. Tell me everything. And Charles just wants to rest. It's, you know, it's been a long day. He needs like a cocktail and to lay his head down on a pillow and you know, we'll do it later. And, um, Will enters in and Oliver introduces him to Charles. You know, they um, exchange pleasantries and Will asks about the podcast and he listened to it. And, you know, he didn't know he was doing it with Mabel. And how does he know Mabel? And Oliver's like, wait, you know Mabel? And tells his dad, well, fills him in about how Mabel used to um, spend her school breaks there at her aunt's house and she would hang out with like a group of kids and in that group of kids was Tim so obviously she knew Tim and Oliver and Charles were like why did she lie if she knew him and that's really suspicious and William mentions the incident that happened on New Year's Eve 10 years ago about how Zoe was pushed off of the roof and that was 
the last time that she was there and will is just warning him like she's bad news you like don't get mixed up with her guys it's just don't do it oliver then pulls out a microphone and it was like will you record that again And we now see Mabel leaving the Arconia, walking down the street, and tie-dye guy is following her. And we now have Cinda narrating the closing scene. And she says, what happens when your second chance becomes your last shot? And that is from Brazos, episode 713. It prophesied that 15 years later, a fake detective would decide to become a real one and a group of buddies are going to investigate a murder that happened in their building. Which she then reveals is going to be the next subject of her investigation. And the name? Only Murders in the Building. Coming in the fall. Is she stealing their idea? And it closes out with her reading an ad for like Squarespace or something. Um, So that is all for this episode. Thank you for listening. This episode was very jumbly. I do apologize. But I would greatly appreciate if you would like, rate, and review on whatever platform you are listening on. Share this episode with other people who like only murders in the building. If they haven't watched Only Murders in the Building, have them watch the episodes, then listen to the podcast. Unless they don't mind spoilers. I don't mind spoilers. And let them know that all the episodes are available on Hulu. And we all know the new season starts June 28th. I'm looking forward to it. By then, I should get through the rest of the season. Um, Follow me on Instagram. It is Schley underscore guy, S-C-H-L-E-Y underscore guy. Twitter, it's Schley guy, all one word. Let's get the word out about this podcast. Maybe Stephen Selena will listen. I don't know. Let's manifest it. I love it. We love it. Thank you for listening. Have a great day. Bye.